0: Today, I'm podcasting with Sarah Richardson, the CEO of True Realty, a tech-enabled brokerage that's growing rapidly across the country. Sarah is an early adopter of the Zudelio platform and a visionary female leader in our space. Welcome, Sarah. Welcome, Sarah. I am so excited to have you today. Thank you, Kayla. I'm excited to be here.
1: This is great. Yeah,
0: it is great. Well, you know, you are just such an inspiring female leader in the real estate industry. So I am honored to have you. Thank you so much. Um, share with our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Yes. Um. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Sarah Richardson. I am the founder and CEO of True Realty. Um, we're almost a 12-year-old real estate company. I started this Brokerage back in 2010, which I can't believe is over a decade ago. It seriously seems like yesterday. And I was coming out of the commercial side of the industry right before the downturn. And commercial is a very different animal. The sales cycles are a lot longer and it takes a lot longer to scale. Um, But with that, there's a lot of, there's a little level, different level of professionalism, I guess you could say in the commercial side. And so when I came into the residential sector, I was primarily just fixing and flipping properties and still working on the investment side, working with investors, um, buying and holding and fixing and flipping. And I quickly found that when I was listing these properties, that a lot of the other agents needed help. Um, they needed help with guidance, um, with negotiations, with strategy, um, with overall contract help and knowledge. And I saw that there was a huge need for education in the real estate, residential real estate side of the industry. And True Realty had already been birthed and started on this fix and flip model, but I really, as the fix and flip started drying up—or I wouldn't say drying up—but you know, there wasn't really such thing as a 22% cash on cash return after about 2013. Um, right. So I really pivoted that side of the business and started um, educating agents. I um, mean, we've been really, really successful at educating brand new realtors, people coming directly out of real estate school and getting them up and running fast. Um, And that's been our bread and butter. We have seasoned agents. We have agents that have been with us five, six, seven years that have gone through this training. And now we're at our highest split and they become our brand evangelists and uh, really tout our good name. But ultimately, this is really where we excel is getting new people to give an amazing consumer experience, to feel confident um, and to grow and scale their businesses quickly. 43% of our new agents have their first deal in escrow within three months of completing training where the, the national average is six to nine months, depending on where you are in the United States. So we know that we're getting our brand new agents selling a hundred percent faster than pretty much our competition out there.
0: Wow. Well, what, so, so cool. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. of your new agents have a deal done within, you said, three months? Correct. Wow. Okay. So awesome training. Well, that just speaks to what you are creating and the way I see it, it's the future of real estate and you're expanding. I know. Congrats. I know that you've launched in other markets in other states. So that's exciting. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about True Realty and just the vision for the company.
1: Yes. So, you know, the average age of a realtor is uh, mid 50s, and you're depending on where you look, um, let's just say mid 50s. And the average realtor is using about 15 different technologies on any given week in their business. And then we wonder why we have adoption rate problems in technology, right? Um, So, 15. Yes. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. A lot of passwords. There's a lot of passwords, that's a lot of marketing, things not speaking, everything's siloed. You know, it's it's a challenge and we need technology to run our businesses. But, you know, people my age and a little bit older, we have adoption rate problems because it's a lot coming at us all at once. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're finding that new agents, people that are looking um, at real estate as their first career, not necessarily their second or their third or their fourth. People coming directly out of university or actually still even in university pick up technology and use it right away. Adoption is not even an issue. It's very, very intuitive for people in their early to mid twenties to pick up and use a CRM, to use marketing, to actually even run an ad in social media and make it work, um, to get followers, all these things digitally that people my age and older are having challenges with, young people don't have this issue. So while we've been notoriously good at training agents We're really looking to create the real estate agent of the future. People that are coming out of university that are looking at this as their very first career, that want to dive in, that want to help maybe their friends rent properties or help their friends' parents buy investment properties and really diving into real estate right away. Um, And so that's really been our core agent and the agents that we're looking to achieve and looking to recruit into the brokerage.
0: Okay. That's exciting because there are many really amazing entrepreneurs coming into real estate. And so it's exciting that they have someone like you uh, that they can partner with. And, you know, an interesting thing that I read about you is you won an award, I think in 2020 for being the number one designated broker in the the Phoenix market. So that was really cool. Congrats on that. Thank you. And you know, what I also love is not only do you have just this appetite to really, um, you know, make realtors professional again, dare I say. And Mm -hmm. I think that that really speaks to that commercial background you were, you know, sharing about, but I want to also talk a little bit about how you're such a tech adopter. So we know that there are a lot of different tools, like you just mentioned. Oh The average realtor has 15 different uh, ones, but talk to us about technology and how important that is to you. And also share a little bit about uh, the fact that you have, you know, really led the space in cryptocurrency and in blockchain. And I want you to just Mm -hmm. kind of share that because I don't think, you know, you're the first to be doing these things and I don't think anyone is really uh, giving you that credit. So. Oh, I appreciate that that. a little bit.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you. So technology, I mean, huge, huge, huge in the wave of the future. It's been the wave of the future. So, I love to test technology that I think is going to be there in the next seven to 10 years, and that's really, really hard to predict, and I I have a couple of things that I look at when I choose to partner with, uh, with one of our tech partners and Zudelio, for example. I mean, we absolutely adore our partnership with you guys and being a startup, we firm, firmly believe that the what you guys are doing by engaging the realtor and making the realtor part of the buying experience is critical for all of our future. Um, and it, I think the consumer really, really needs help of a trusted advisor in part of this transaction because I think that they don't truly understand all the deal terms that happen within an iBinding experience. So we're very, very invested in our partnership with you. But other partnerships that we look at is, you know, is our transaction management software going to scale within five to six years from now? Is our CRM going to be surpassed by another CRM in five or six years from now? So we really look at the size of the development teams. We really look at the leadership and we really look at the level of services providing to the brokerage and the agent. Um, And then furthermore, the biggest one for me is the set it and forget it mentality. Because I think when prop tech and technology first came out seven to eight to 10 years ago, there was this whole notion that technology should replace the relationship. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: over the course of several years, we've realized that technology, that we are a relationship business and technology should not be replacing our relationships with our clients and the consumer. So now it's really important to have technology work in the background, so we can be in front of people. So it's all about the set it and forget it mentality where you know, our we should have our drip campaigns going, we should have our marketing campaigns going, we should definitely have everything turned on and connecting with people so that when we are in front of them, we can have better conversations, we can have more impactful conversations and we can truly give a better level of service to the consumer and the people that have worked with us in the past. So for me, technology has got a a few different um, meaningful values. It's really just making sure that our agents are going to use it, making sure that they're talking to one another and that they're going to be with us in the future and for years to come.
0: Yeah, you know, you brought up some really great points there. Wow. That's, you know, technology didn't show up to replace us, right? showed up to enhance what we do. And and I think that for those of us that get it and see it like that, it's just exciting. It's exciting Mm -hmm. because it allows us to, to do what we all need to do to grow and and that's leverage. And so I love that, you know, you're leading with that mindset in your organization. Super exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so cool. And you know, and, and I don't say this lightly because we're in a space that is primarily, uh, you know, male dominated. Oh and yeah. I, I kind of want to pivot for just a moment. I don't want to talk a okay. whole lot about this, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of using this as a little bit of research and development, to be honest, because I was invited onto a podcast and I'm going on and I get the list of questions that they're going to ask me. And they're all kind of related to what I think about the reality that I think 60 something percent of realtors are female. 65
1: or something that I read last is definitely mid-60s. That's a lot. That's awesome, right? That's
0: awesome, awesome, right? It's awesome. But then if you look at the representation in real estate, in the industry, in the C-suite level, I think less than 7% is represented by female.
1: Absolutely.
0: So you and I both share similar roles, right? We're both CEOs Mm -hmm. of our companies and we're kind of that unique breed. So I want to get your thoughts on this. What do you, what do you think about this?
1: Yes. Um, well, I think that it's great that you're drawing attention to it. Um, It's something that, you know, you and I have spoke about in the past as well. Um, And I think it's, you know, this underlying notion that, you know, women are, you know, coming into their own and women are getting stronger in leadership positions. But there is, and there's a dichotomy shift happening. I do see that happening very, very slowly. But at the management and not just the managing broker, there's a lot of female managing brokers, but at the ownership level and the C-suite level of on the brokerage landscape and probably the prop tech landscape as well, there are very few women. And so I think it's good for us just to draw attention to that because there may be a lot of women that you know, want to get into um, management ownership, um, want to be entrepreneurs and launch their own tech and maybe apprehensive because they feel that they can't do it. Or um, ultimately, you know, it's just very, very daunting and it's a huge risk. And I think a lot of women have a hard time with risk. For me, I'm a gambler and I don't go to Vegas and I don't play blackjack and I don't play craps. But I think in life, I tend to make bigger wages. Um, and I've always kind of been like that. And I've always been somebody that's like, you know what? if we don't if we don't grow by another 10% next quarter we could really be in trouble with our runway right these are real life things that we have to deal with on a daily basis to keep a company in business and i think always in the past men have been so much better at taking those kind of risks Where I think we need to talk about that women can absolutely do this too. And ultimately, women bring a completely different perspective to large organizations and to this C C level. Uh, position and in an ownership perspective, because I can say that, you know, we're equally as successful as an organization as many other men that are doing similar things to us, Um, but we have a different take and we have a different twist and we have our own way of being. And, and our brand is just as important as anybody else's brand. If they're men or a man or a woman, you know, Um, but women can do it. It, There's just, I think there's a risk involved with it that has been uh, challenging in the past, but hopefully not for long.
0: Exactly. Hopefully. Well, and and we're seeing, we're seeing a shift, I think. Uh, But you mentioned something that I'd not thought of before, and that's that maybe risk aversion, maybe maybe men tend to be more, you know, risky. I don't know. Maybe, you're, maybe that was a, a point that, you know, I, would never thought of that before. So that was really cool. Well, women um,
1: are, yeah, I think women are nurturers, you know,
0: um, everything is all about
1: nurturing safety, um, making sure that they're protecting, protecting the nest, protecting their money, protecting their bank accounts. And so when you have to put down, Pretty much everything that you own on the line to see if you can make a company work that's very very scary for anybody man or a woman um, ultimately you know entrepreneurship was not big when i was going to college um, they didn't have entrepreneurship as a degree at ASU when i was going to asu now everyone wants to be an entrepreneur everybody wants to create their own hustle and you know I mean be you know masters of their own future and really control their own destiny and i think that that you know if you if we were to sit on on a college campus right now. And based on the people that we're talking to that want to get into real estate that are in their early twenties, 50% are men and 50% are women. So I'm starting to see that, you know, anybody that wants to be an entrepreneur isn't just a man by any stretch of the imagination. And these could be the women of the future that are doing what we're doing. And when you're younger, you don't have a mortgage. You probably maybe have a car payment. Who knows mom and dad are even possibly helping you with that. So training people to take risks earlier Makes them a little bit easier. It makes it easier down the line because when you're jumping into a full commission or jumping into start a business and you're putting, you know, your mortgage at risk and maybe creating a bunch of debt, that's very very scary for a lot of people. And I think especially for women.
0: Good insights. Good insights. And I'm listening to you and I'm going like. Yeah, that is hard. Oh yeah, that was hard as I'm thinking of all of the things that all we've the had, sacrifices you made. Yeah. yeah. What do
1: you think I would like to know. I mean, we're going to say it. I'm like, what do you think your biggest sacrifice was?
0: Oh, are you asking me?
1: I'm asking you. Cause I think I know mine.
0: Oh, I've never thought about that question. You've, you've got me stumped here for a moment. Let me think here. Ooh, so this is interesting. In creating Zoodelio, I think the biggest sacrifice was to not be in sales any longer, to not be, you know, I'm no longer handing over the keys and Mm -hmm. feeling that insanely exciting emotion that buyers have when they first move in or just that accomplishment of a a seller transaction that just went so well that the seller's just elated and, you know, being in in those parts, in intimately being the one, I think, mm-hmm. in stepping up to leadership, that is what I sacrificed. I, I think
1: that's interesting. Yeah, so you, so I don't know. that's really interesting because you were um, you may be putting yourself in that sixty five percent category, and then taking a leap of faith, putting a bunch of risk down, and then starting to being a CEO of a tech a tech company,
0: right. That's a huge pivot. Very big pivot. So what do you think yours is? Well, I
1: haven't, I haven't switched industries. I didn't make as big of a pivot as you did, but you know, when I started true realty, I was pregnant (laughs) Um, I was fixing and flipping properties and I was starting a a brokerage and I was starting an educational platform. So for me, um, you know, I had my babies and I was back to work 24 hours later and I was still up with them all night and I was home and I always had a hard stop. I'd put eight hours a day in as impactful as I could, but I wasn't that mom that had any, um, vacation time or, you know, a leave of absence, I was back to work immediately. So some of those were some of the maternal stuff Were some of the sacrifices that I made. And my kids are very well adjusted. Um, You know, we have an amazing close relationship. So I don't feel that they were impacted, though, you know, looking back, it's like, wow, it would have been nice to have, you know, six months with my kids or, Mm -hmm. you know, three months or something like that, which I, I didn't have that. And so I feel like that was a big sacrifice, though. I still think it was worth it. And I don't regret it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and as I look back on on the time that I sacrificed with with my family, I completely agree. And looking mm-hmm. at it from that perspective, yeah, 100%, you know, and, and and here's the thing, it's like looking back may I have done it differently. Yeah, probably. So if if you're if you're listening and it sounds like maybe you know, I don't know if you may have done it a little bit differently too, but I think my advice to other females is take that time with your baby. Yeah. You can always pursue your dreams, right? You can take a few mm-hmm. months. But yeah, I was the same way, Sarah. I remember, uh, you know, when I had my son, it was just the height of my career in 2005. We were just insane. And same thing, I was working from the hospital. Yeah. Uh, and so, and, and, you know, we sometimes, here's the reality sometimes as women, we wear those things like as badges of honor. Yeah, you know? And I think that that's kind of unnecessary, right? Like Mm -hmm. we owe it to ourselves to take that breathing room when we need to. And having your baby is definitely a little bit of a, a moment to pause. (laughs) Yes, for sure. sure. (laughs) You know, I can tell you're, you're very go, go, go. You are a driver. You get things done. I want to, I want to hear a little bit about like, take us through a typical day for you. What does that look like? Oh, wow. Um,
1: So I'm a firm believer that in order to be performing at your best at work and at home with your family, you need to be in mentally, physically healthy and you need to be mentally and physically healthy, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So um, I go to bed very early. I'm uh, 830 to 9 p.m. at the very, very latest is when I go to bed because I wake up at 420 every morning so I can be at a 5 a.m. workout. Um, So I work out from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., I try to make it four to five days a week. It really ends up being three to four days a week because something always happens. It's usually work or kid related. Um, but I'm at the gym, 5 a.m. I get home, I'm showering um, and taking kids to school, usually doing a couple calls in between, checking email, making sure nothing's missed, and then having a hard start at 8 a.m. every single day. And I'm pretty much scheduled out every 15 to 30 minutes. Um, And so I have two other people managing my schedule right now. And so they kind of handle it and uh, I just show up to the appointment Um, and I'm depending on, I'm, uh, I am divorced now. So um, when I don't have my kids, I pretty much work almost all the way through the evening, unless I have some kind of, personal plans. Um, But when I have the kids, I'm a hard stop at 450. So I can be at their sporting events, um, or I can be um, home with them or driving them around or whatever they have after school activities and being with them until they go to bed around eight. So when I do have my kids, I have, you know, 5pm to 8pm with them, pretty much unless it's a work emergency, I don't answer the phone or I'm not really engaged in work. So I can really focus on being with them. And then I do it all over again the next day. (laughs)
0: So sounds like you got a lot going on girl.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Everything for me is time. Time is the biggest commodity of my life. hundred percent. Right. They print more money. They ain't printing more time. I know I need more time printed. I need I need the hot tub time machine.
0: Right. I need
1: it. Yeah. I need it. Actually my, my shoulder is so sore from the gym this morning. I'm like, I actually need a hot, a real hot tub right now.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) So kudos to you and all of your hustle before we go, I want to ask okay. you some questions before we end our time today. I want to ask you a couple questions, uh, that are focused on the realtor. So okay. realtors, uh, they're listening. Maybe they've had their best year ever. Maybe they're just starting out. Who knows? We have a spectrum of listeners on the I experiment. What would be your biggest piece of advice to them going into the new year? What's the one thing they need to be focusing on?
1: Okay. There, gosh, that's, there's like 20 things that came into my mind right now. And so I'm going to speak to the agent that is probably struggling a little bit. Um, that's maybe more um, commission to commission in terms of paycheck. Um, that's really trying to scale their business. We can't quite get there. Um, ultimately, I'd really look at um, creating a marketing plan for the year, sitting down over the holidays and putting together a 52-week marketing plan. What are you going to do for the, every single week for the rest of the year? Um, there's a lot of really cool, exciting 52-week marketing plans that you can look up on the internet. Um, I know that we have some for our agents, and it's little tiny, little tiny touch points to your sphere of influence, people that you know to create meaningful relationships so that you can start to have conversations and get face-to-face with people. Uh, so that would be, that would be my one thing that came to my head. I thought about like 20 all at once.
0: <laughs> oh, no, that's great. That's fire. And if you are to do that, you're setting yourself up for an amazing year, right? Yes. So, okay, great. All right. Another question for you for realtors, it can be kind of emotionally draining in our industry. Right. And so what is your advice uh, to help realtors stay in a positive mindset?
1: Oh, wow. First of all, you've got to understand and just go with the flow because there are just knowing and, pre- and just preparing for the fact that you're going to have a bad day and being and acknowledging that while wow, this is a bad day and I'm just going to get through it, um, I think is making you one step ahead of it because being a realtor is this, right. It's literally like a heart rate monitor. (laughs) And so I think knowing that it's going to happen and accepting that it's going to happen is part of the challenge. And then I really go back to being physical. Like I really find that when my body is active, I'm a lot less stressed um, and I can get really caught up in the stresses of work. And I'm very, very guilty. Uh, and it's not just from a realtor perspective, from a management and an ownership perspective. There's good days and there's bad days. And so I really make sure that those days that I know are bad and maybe shut it off a little bit early, go for a run, get outside, clear my head. And it's amazing how much just getting out and doing some deep breathing can really just help reset things before you have to start a new day.
0: Excellent. Excellent advice. And then uh, the last question that I have for you today is what book do you recommend that every realtor read? Oh, wow. Mm. You know what?
1: I really, this is a joke that we say in in the office quite a bit is um, green eggs and ham. (laughs) Yeah. It's because, um, Sam, I Okay. Sam I am never gives up. He never, ever, ever gives up. He gets him to eat green eggs and ham, and he bring, he thinks of every different strategy to get him to eat green eggs and ham. And if you read it, it's just like, could you, would you, in a boat? I, you know, could you, would you, and in the rain, and in a boat, and on a train, and literally, Sam I am does not stop. It's the tenacity of an agent as Sam I am and literally as I always say and we probably you've probably heard this many times you need grit and tenacity to be good in real estate and Sam I am is the epitome of grit and tenacity.
0: Sarah, I can't think of a better way to end our time here today. Thanks <laughs> so much. That was Yes, thank you for having from. me. What a cool story. You are an inspiration. We appreciate you and cheers to big things happening. Thank you.
1: You too. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye, Kayla.